Is that somebody's phone ringing? Or is that just my ears ringing? I was about to say, would somebody just please answer that call? See, missed calls could be opportunities or it could be something urgent. Or better yet, it could sometimes bring joy and reward. But what's really important is where the call is coming from. Now, in my case, it wasn't a phone call, it was an email. For a long time, I felt this strong tug at my heart, and it was a call to become a deacon. And I wasn't sure why, because I wasn't always that perfect angel. I know I stumbled and fell out of God's grace many times, so why was God calling me? I, I'm unworthy. So I kind of half-heartedly did a little research and read everything I could to find out just exactly who a deacon was, what they did, and what kind of information that I would need to get into formation. And meanwhile, the call was getting stronger and louder. Now, soon after that, I'd found an email of the director of deacons and I had emailed him and I requested some information on how to become a deacon in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Several weeks went by and no answer. So I emailed many more times and nothing, no emails. So I took this as a sign as, well, maybe I wasn't being called after all. So I stopped listening. I didn't want to hear that call anymore. Maybe I was unworthy in God's eyes. Now, let's fast forward this maybe seven years ahead. I was introduced at a retreat to a deacon and his wife, and we spoke about what I thought I was being called to, and the deacon told me, keep listening. Now fast forward another year, and I see the same deacon, and again, his wife, and she brings me something, and it's talking about how to inquire about becoming a deacon, and within three days, there's a packet in my mail, and I began the process. See, God uses other people as instruments sometimes to amplify his call to us. So I followed the Holy Spirit's lead on this one. What, of a, what a turn of events this turned out to be, especially when I least expected it. But I still felt unworthy. But who am I to ignore God's call? Who is any of us to ignore God's call? But now I always wondered why the director never wrote me back. And when I found out why, well, it would be something that I would never forget. See, we're all called when we're least expecting it. And because of our busy lives and all this worldly clutter, we may miss that call. 
So now it's time to check the volume on our hearing. Because it may be mute. See, God doesn't call us always using these pyrotechnics or anything like that. Even Elijah thought that God's voice would be coming to him in rolling thunder or in earthquakes, but it wasn't. He heard God's voice in a gentle breeze. See, he had to listen very carefully as well. Well, as Christians, we are all called to work in God's vineyard. Have we heard and answered his call? In today's readings, God calls people to share in his work. We heard this in all three readings. Even though they all feel unworthy. See, God's grace enabled them to accomplish great things in their lives. Are there times when we feel that our past is so bad that we can never be called by Jesus to follow him? Do we feel unworthy of a vocation because of our weaknesses? Well, there's many people listed in the Bible that really felt the same way. In our first reading, Isaiah sees God's glory and is struck with awe. He's also filled with fear because he's a sinner. But God cleanses his sin, and Isaiah even volunteers to prophesy and preach the God's message to his people. In our gospel, Peter likewise experiences the power of God and recognizes that Jesus is holy, while he, Peter, is a sinner. And because of this, he feels unworthy to be in the presence of Jesus. Nonetheless, when Jesus calls him, Peter leaves behind literally everything, his business, his livelihood, and he follows him. Like Isaiah and Peter, we each have a vocation from God. Sometimes we feel intimidated by or unworthy of that vocation. Sometimes we're afraid that we don't have the right words to say to people. See, these stories of Isaiah and Peter show us that God gives us the grace necessary to do what we need to do and that we are all being called to do. We have never, we should never allow fear or our past sins to hold us back. And we must trust in the power of God's forgiving grace through our sacrament of confession and never look back at these sins. See, God's grace can accomplish anything in us if we are willing to cooperate with him and not let our pasts or our weaknesses fill us with fear. If we feel called by God to any ministry in the church, don't allow fear to hold us back, because as long as we're willing to follow Jesus faithfully, it is Jesus' power and his grace that will be working in us when we minister to God's people. 
See, likewise, if we feel that we're called by God to reach out to the sick or the grieving or the incarcerated, answer that call. Don't worry about what we have to say, right? You know, whether they're the right words or, or anything like that, the wrong words. Sometimes it's our mere presence. It's our mere presence that is enough. Now, finally, in our second reading, St. Paul's letter shows us that not only does the Lord love us, but he desires to give us his grace so that we can labor in his church serving those to whom we are all sent. In spite of Paul's sinful past, Christ's grace has enabled him to work harder than those who are more deserving of being called apostles. See, Paul's past didn't restrain him from serving the church. Rather, it filled him with gratitude of God's grace and with zeal to serve God's people. So like Isaiah, Paul, and Peter, we are all called by God each day to share in the divine work of love. No matter how unworthy or sinful we are, we should realize that in spite of our weaknesses, God's grace is sufficient for us. And we should share the gospel wherever we find ourselves. So our homework from now on until the day we close our eyes for the last time is to open up our hearts and listen closely, use all of our senses and hear God's call, but most of all, cooperate with God's call. It may be to a, a priestly or a, a diaconal or a consecrated life, or it can be a call to work in the vineyard of God by using our God-given gifts, our talents, or our treasures, even gifts that we may never have known we had. And remember, God uses others in his pursuit of us. See, God is persistent and will never stop even when we think he has. As we receive Christ in the Eucharist today, it is in Jesus that we will have all the grace needed to follow God's call. See, trust in his grace to empower us for our mission. When I was about two years into formation, I asked the director's secretary why she thought the director of deacons had never answered my emails years earlier. She said, Brian, it wasn't anything you did. It was something that he didn't know. See, he was kind of old school and wasn't really techno technologically up there. He would even tell you, he would say, I don't even know how to turn on a computer, much less answer an email. So, my conclusion to this was that God wasn't finished working on me. I still had training to do, gaining life experiences. And when he knew I was ready, he made his move in my life. Just because we all may feel a little unworthy at times, don't 
get, and we don't get that immediate personal invitation like the apostles did, continue to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit because he does call when we least expect it. But it's through our cooperation that makes it all possible. So please answer that call.